Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Tiger Self Storage, we offer both commercial and domestic storage to allow us to cater to all your storage requirements. We care about our clients, and that is why we offer up to six weeks free storage for all new clients. Our facility has state-of-the-art security with 24-hour CCTV, an alarmed and gated property, and personal access codes for maximum security. We also sell high-quality storage merchandise at low prices. If you're looking for storage for moving home, general decluttering, or maybe even storage for your business, Tiger Self Storage has a unit for you. For a free quote, visit our website, tiger-storage.co.uk. Welcome back to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Ellis and Neil Wright for this one. Um, we're going to get onto the Forest Green game. Obviously, we've got a little bit of news to do first. But actually, what we'll do is we'll start with pretty much where we ended off last one. And we'll just uh, reiterate the partnership that we have with AppFraud and just give you the details again for that because uh, it is a chance for you to get down and see some live football at the minute where, you know, otherwise we don't have that option at the minute, do we? Yeah, so, I mean, if, if you fancy a bit of grassroots football uh, in, in Scunthorpe, you know, we've we've teamed up with App Fraud. That means that basically any any Scunthorpe United season ticket holder can uh, you know produce evidence of their kind of the fact that they have a season ticket um, to get into games um, down at um, Rugby Hall um, when App Fraud play at home. And I think that it's it's a, you know, a good opportunity to get and see some you know to get down and see some actual football. Whereas you can't, as Brad said, you can't actually do it at the minute, can you? Um, so it, it's quite a nice opportunity. And I think they um, they had uh, you know, over 300 fans there at the last home game, so the, you know, there should be a decent am- atmosphere down there anyway. So uh, if you fancy a bit of you know supporting your local your local grassroots club, then definitely get yourself down to to Brumby Hall and uh, you know check it out. Right, let's go on to Scunthorpe then. And like I said, just a little bit of news to start with. There's probably two bits, and they are, but to be fair, they are fairly significant. So let's start with Ryan Colclough. See again carefully. We can't talk about too much, can we? Because you know it's an ongoing thing, and not all the facts are out there at the minute. But just this is all basically going off what Peter Swan said to Mike White on the Radio Humberside interview, which I think was on Thursday night. So that's still on BBC Sounds. If you want to catch up with that, it's about five minutes. And it basically it just says that the club were you know investigating. Ryan Colclough, they're gathering all the facts. He's had a chat with the CEO, somebody else. Um, that that investigation it will have gathered steam by the weekend and should be concluding sort of this week as we are now. And I think we'll probably get a bit more on this for next week's episode mainly. Um, but the the talking points from that really are the fact that he is at the minute suspended while this interview is going on, which obviously we knew from last time. Um, that yeah, as as we suspected, but wasn't officially confirmed that the club also, like everybody else, found out through that tweet from South Yorkshire Police, which obviously had been up, I think, about a week before people you know, started noticing it. And you know, Peter Swan was as baffled as anybody else uh, about that, that the club you know, didn't know about it. So and that's the thing for me, is, is that you know, how, how did he think he was going to get away with the club not finding out? Well, I'm just wondering if he gave any thought to the fact, how am I going to get away with this without the club finding out? I can imagine somebody within the club got a bit of a rocket because had it not been out in the public domain about a week anyway before it, it came yeah. to light. Yeah, it had, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, exactly right, Brad. How the hell did he think he was going to get away with this and no one was going to find out what he'd done? So, all right, not what he's done. He's innocent till proven guilty, but it's not looking good, is it? It'd be interesting to see what the, the club says, really, because, it, it, you know, we, we kind of wanted to see, you know, more of Colclough, didn't we, this season? And, it, and we thought, you know, it surely has to be the season that he, he sort of, like, revives his career somewhat. But I think that we're not going to see anything else of him now, are we? So I think that's probably good night. But we'll have to see what the club says this week. Last season, we had the supposed nonsense we heard of while they, while they were away. And we've had something else in the club during pre-season. I don't know what's wrong with these people, you know? I mean, the kid's got loads and loads of talent and Mm. he just clearly is off the rails at the minute. And it sounds to me like he needs needs some counselling, to be fair. 
Yeah, this is not the first incident, is no, it? So, and it's, it's disappointing. I think that's the word that's you know been used yeah. throughout. Everybody who's been talking about this, really, isn't it? Because, like you were saying, Matt, you know, he's got bags of ability. It's just we've not really seen it. And I think I'm with you. I think I can't really see that he's going to play for the club again. I can't. I can't really see any way. <laughs> to be quite honest, it, it depends how forgiving the chairman is, I suppose, um, and and uh, you know how desperate we are for quality in the team. I mean, <laughs> are we are we that desperate? You know, assuming that he's available to participate in games, um, are, are, we, are we that desperate that you know we kind of say, well, you, you know, you've made a mistake, come back to the team because at the minute, you know, we could do with him. But the problem is that I think we are desperate because. The one thing we seem to be lacking at the minute is quality footballers out on the pitch. Because yesterday, it was like watching a David Attenborough wildlife show. We had a lot of zebras running around and loads of chickens trying to find them. <laughs> Brilliant. You know, loads of headless chickens. They just, that's what it seems like to me. Vegan just, zebras. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, once again, it just doesn't bode well for the season. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get onto that in a second. Let's just do yeah. one bit before that. Um, it does lead in actually, and it is the whole McAtee situation. <laughs> He's not played that much, and you know Neil Cox has said you know with McAtee and I think Issa as well that he gets told that you know they are our best players. You know, he's, everybody's telling him that, and but. You know, for him, he's not seen this. And I think that's something that is coming across. He said in the pre-match interview, again with Humberside, before the uh, the Forest Green game at the, uh, the weekend, that basically there was, they had words, you know, there was a bit of, I think, a bit of an argument, um, but that McAtee basically, I guess, was believed, believed the hype about him over the summer, things like that, was expecting a move away. And uh, it just didn't happen, that... Neil said that there was no, you know, no interest, no firm bids or anything like that, uh, that he had a word with McAtee, with his agent. And that there was also, you know, he, Neil Cox was questioning, you know, his fitness levels, his effort in training, but also that that whole situation does seem to be behind them now. They've had a chat and they've sorted it out and it is, you know, they can move forward. And I think from, you know, what, what we saw of the match, I got the impression that that is the case. Obviously, he didn't feature last week did he but you know he was on the bench this time came on got a got actually a significant amount of time as well with as a substitute it wasn't just like two minutes at the end was it so I do get the idea that this might be behind us you know the one thing I've impressed with with Neil Cox and I think we said this in the previous podcast he shoots from the hip he tells the truth he tells it as it is you know he's been told that these two players are you know the dogs and they're the talent, most talented players at the club but as he says, I haven't seen it. So yet, I don't believe it. They're just average footballers. And all right, he's having his problems on the pitch. I, you know, I think we're still a long way from our starting eleven or the eleven that he wants. But he's not going to play a player just because he's been told this is the best player at the club. I think McAtee is, is, is a very strange one, to be quite honest. Because he's, he's had, what, three or four good games in the amount of time he's been at the club, correct me if I'm wrong, around that. And the hype around McAtee is just, for sort of Iron fans, I suppose, absolutely astronomical. I'm not sure it's, it's entirely warranted, to be quite honest. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, he's, you know, he's, he's clearly got talent. He's a good player and he is a player we're going to need this season if we're going to, well, stay up, I suppose. But I think that really he's not done enough forget about the whole thing about he wanting to move away whatever if, you know now he's sort of resolved this with Cox if that wasn't a thing and you know that wasn't the reason that he wasn't in the team and obviously the corona thing and stuff like that but really I, I don't think he's 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 done enough that aside to be on on you know the first the first name on the team show I mean it's a bit different you say Issa should start every game absolutely of course he should you know but I don't think McAtee's there He's not quite at that level. And I think that Issa, whereas Issa did prove last season on a relatively consistent basis that he was you know, probably one of our best players, um, I don't think McAtee's ever really done that, to be quite honest. So I think that he's going to have to work hard for a, a place in the team. And I should hope Cox was the same thing. Cox is thinking as well. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think he's done enough to justify the hype around him. I think you're right. The thing is, he's not starting. He's not in the starting eleven. When he comes on, he's not giving Cox a problem because he's been absolute quality when he has come on and he's not been able to turn to the manager at the end of the match and say, how are you not going to start me in the next game? 
I'll tell you what this does make me think about, though. Uh, when Kev is eventually fit, it's the same situation, isn't it? You know, I do believe, you know, like you were saying there, Neil, you know, Cox is a very honest manager in that regard. I do think, you know, he's going to be a case of, I will play you if I think you're good enough. You know, and like Issa, like McAtee, he's not seen Kev yet, has he? So, you know, when Kev does recover, when he is back and whenever that will be, when he's fit again, it's not going to be just a case of, you know, He's, it's Kev, he's going in the team, even though you know, I think pretty much every Scunthorpe fan would do that. He's going to have to work and prove to Neil in training and in you know, some of the, maybe the cup games or things like that, um, that, yeah, you know, I've, got to, I've got to earn this place, basically. A lot like Adelican was, you don't know what Kevin Van Veen is going to cross that white line. I think being honest about that, Brad, actually, you know, it, I think even a blind man could probably see the difference in quality between Kev and what we've currently got. Yeah, it's quite so. <laughs> so. You know, he could, he, he, you know, he could be on the training pitch for thirty seconds, and the manager's like, "Jesus Christ, who is this guy? You know, is he at the right club? Mm-hmm. You know, this is it." So I think that it's going to take him a while to get back to fitness because I think the injury came at a pretty bad time. It was like sort of. Sort of like in pre-season, wasn't it? So I'm not sure that he actually got his, his full amount of fitness work done before the start of the season. So it's, you know, what, even when he's back out the, the training, he's still going to get him a while to sort of kind of get his match fitness back up. So you, you're probably going to see like a few cameos um, until he actually starts. But I think that, you know, to be quite honest, we, we need Kevin Van Veen at the minute to, dare I say it, stop the club kind of becoming adrift or <laughs> dropping, spiralling towards the relegation mm. zone in a pretty terminal manner because at the minute we, we, we don't look capable of staying afloat, you know, without players as good as Kev. So the quicker he gets back, the better. Hopefully it's not too long. I know he's been doing some fitness work already. So, um, but... You know, I think what this is his last. This is his last season with us. Uh, by his, I think his contract expires in the summer. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, could could Kev? You know, he's already a cult hero, isn't he? After what he did at Grimsby last year, but could he be the man to save Scunthorpe United, or am I being too dramatic? Because... Well, no, I don't disagree with you because you know how many times have we said, "Oh, this game, you know, we've not got. We're, we're making a few chances, or we're getting it forward, but we're just not doing anything." You know, and Kev would do that. Or when we were talking about Loft, and we say, you know, you need somebody to play off him, and we were saying, it's you know, it'll be Kev. But equally, I do agree with what Neil you were saying there is that. I mean, I do love Kev. I think he is fantastic. And, you know, I'd put him in the team straight away. I think he's definitely, well, he probably is our best player actually on his day. But that is the thing. It's on his day because there are two different players, isn't there, in, in Kev? You know, you, I, I, like, I do agree with what you're saying there, Neil. You don't know which one you're going to get over the line. No, I think that's the problem, Brad. As you said, you put him in the starting 11. I would. I'm sure, I'm sure Matt, you would. But you don't know what Kev is going to turn up. And at the minute, we need the budget Bergkamp to turn up every week, don't we? Because we are missing quality at the wrong end of the pitch at the minute. We need to be putting the ball in the back of the net. And it's not happening enough for me so far. Well, it's not happening. And let's let's go on to the game, actually, because, you know, again, it's one where I think Kev would have done all right in this game. Yeah. Um, so, Forrest Green. So, let's, let's start off, actually. The first, maybe 10, 15 minutes. And now, I, I think that's probably as well as we've played all season so far. It looked like we had a bit of a game plan. It looked like we were, we were doing it. We were moving it forward quite nicely. There was some good movement. Um, obviously, we got the ball in the net quite early on. There was that, the offside goal that Jarvis scored, wasn't there? It, I think it was clearly offside, but it was a nice bit of movement to get to that position. Um, but just before we get onto Jarvis's first goal, our only goal of the day, uh, yeah, what did we make of that sort of initial 10, 15 minutes? Because I thought we looked really good, actually. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I was <clears throat> kind of sitting down watching the game and I was thinking, uh, you know, I we might be all right because I think that, that that's probably the best that I've seen, the best that we've started this season. Um, you know, for the first 15, 20 minutes, we, we were pretty, we were good on the ball. I know included a lot of sideways passes as it seems to do at the moment but we retained possession pretty well we looked comfortable at the back you know we there was you know nice little touches there we looked quite slick forest green looked really rusty they looked off it they looked out of sorts for the first 20 minutes and i thought you know after jarvis scored we're looking all right here because you know we always think that your forest green are a decent side in in this league and and kind of expecting them to sort of be around the playoffs this year and I thought well you know they, they look bang average today and they're, like they're not turned up but how wrong was I um, because after about twenty minutes forest green turned up and you know from twenty minutes till the end of the game we were basically chasing shadows and I think that it it was a very very it it was a very worrying 
90 minutes of football because for the vast majority of it we were we were look we look amateur to be quite honest and against a, a forest green team who will frankly for for this level you know uh, superb in possession and uh, after they kind of sort of sorted their game out for the first 20 minutes they they had no problem with recycling the ball keeping possession they were creating a lot of chances um and then we just couldn't we didn't know what to do we had no plan B. We, we we didn't really know how to break them down. We didn't know how to get the ball off them in the first instance. And I think it looked like we, we were the away team, um, apart from the hideous kit. Um, <laughs> but I think that it was very. It was. I would say it was disappointing because it, you know the, the players, the team that they, you know, that the effort was there, the desire was there. I cannot question that whatsoever. You know, the, the committed, but there's the experience and the quality is is sadly lacking, and it's not being made up for by the commitment and I think that it was a very worrying afternoon of football I'm I'm sorry to say after the first 20 minutes mm. and uh, I wish the game has ended after 20 minutes <laughs> because we wouldn't be sat here saying this but I think that you know we, <clears throat> we've got a lot we've got a lot, to, lot of work to do and, and to, to stay in this division to be quite honest because if Forest Green and one of the better teams in the league then fair enough but how many other teams are going to do the same thing to us I'm not really sure because the so like they're probably the best team I've seen so far this season after watching the games that we've played in the league and I will probably say that we're probably the worst team I've seen this far this season after watching all our games in the league so it is what it is unfortunately but yeah what what did you think Brad because <laughs> yeah, I could no, go on for ages no I know I know what you mean um yes I think Forest Green would say I do I agree with you they were the best team that we've seen so far uh quite comfortably but equally I agree with you I thought the first 20 minutes they they looked awful I thought they were you know they were losing possession they were trying to pass it out from the back and we were intercepting it quite easily you know I thought if we had a bit more firepower this is what I mean by like with Kev if we had a bit more I guess know-how as well up front we'd have maybe got two or three in that first 20 minutes. And that's a very different game, isn't it? You know, I think they'd have probably crumbled because I think as good as they were, and they were very good, I think for a lot of it, we allowed them to do what they wanted to. And I think that's a bigger part of it as anything else, really. Um, but yeah, let's talk about our first goal. And it's Jarvis. And I think initially, that was probably a worrying name on the team sheet, wasn't it? You know, we've not seen him yet. He's not had a start. We don't know anything that he can do. But it's a really nice goal, actually, I think. Um, it's a ball through. I think it's Spence, is it, that puts the ball through. Uh, it's a really nice pass. He takes it sort of on the outside of his foot. He takes his man with him along the edge of the box. And he hits it nicely. I think if it was us, you'd want the keeper to be doing a little bit better because it goes underneath him. But it's a really nice uh, hit shot. And it's, I think it's a, it's a really well-taken goal. Yeah, it definitely. And, and what he does is, 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 I think the goalkeeper is slightly unsighted because he kind of bring, he brings the defender across and the shot kind of goes through the defender, doesn't he? He waits for him. Um, and then it, it sort of like goes through the defender and the keeper. So it makes it a little bit harder for him. But it's, um, it's, it's a really good finish, actually. And it's, uh, it's a really good touch to put himself in that position. So it was a really good goal around, to be quite honest. And obviously, we, <clears throat> we'd, we'd not seen a whole lot of Jarvis. Um, we'd probably not seen much that would suggested he he's, he's going to be you know sufficient to what we need but I think that you know he took his goal really well and obviously he had his offside goal as well and he took that quite well as well I mean it was offside but I mean it, you know it showed a little bit of composure in, in and around I think you knew yeah yeah in and around the box um, so it was a nice goal you know and uh, it's a pity that, that that was the highlight of the afternoon because it went downhill pretty well, quickly after that. Well, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I have watched the highlights. I was. I was doing other things, but I was listening to it. And I, can, I agree with you both. The first kind of ten, ten minutes, it sounded like we were the best side. We were quality. So all I wanted after Jarvis had scored, I thought, here we go, get another couple. This game is finished before half time. Mm. And, and then you remember you're a Scunthorpe United. <laughs> I remember I'm a Scunthorpe United fan. Realism set in. I woke up from the dream that I was in. <laughs> and I thought, no, it's going to be another shambles because all I could hear was forest green attack, forest green attack, forest green attack, mm. no defence. I never thought I'd miss someone like Rory McArdle, but God, I'm missing Rory McArdle at the minute in that yeah. defence because the defence, to me, just sounds like it's so bloody fragile, it's frightening. Well, that's the concerning thing, isn't it? Because you know, individually, I think they're all all right. And we've seen maybe Cordner and Badeau, we've seen them together now. That's the main partnership we've got at the minute. And it's just, it's, it's like they're okay for most of it. You know, and we've sort of said centre-backs, you know, we're all right. We've got Honorise, you know, there is cover there. And there's Maguire to come back in as well, isn't there? But it's like, it's just, 
an individual mistake. Like I would, I would say Corner has been pretty good for us this season so far. But then you look individually at the games. I think last week there was a couple in this bit as well in this game, and it's just moments. It's like a defender's able to round him or just get his foot past him or something like that. And it's not just Corner; it's all of them really. And I think the warning signs were there, weren't they? Before they even equalised, there was I think what probably should have been the equaliser. It was from a corner, and obviously they do end up scoring a corner as well. Mm. Uh, and it's the delivery is exactly the same. It's put in really nice ball in. Uh, there's a bit of a like a, a fumble on the line. It's tapped towards them. Uh, Watson gets it in his arms. There's some protests that it sort of crossed the line. I I thought it did cross the line from where I was. You know, from where I was. I was in my bedroom. But you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's from from the angle that I saw that everybody else saw. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I was I was sure it went in. Like before the ref even blew his whistle. Um, you know, and before the players were protesting, I thought it was in. Um. I think VAR would have had something to say about that one, but that that was that was a warning shot. Even though it, you know it didn't count, or it might not have gone across the line, who knows? But it that was the warning shot because actually, the goal they did end up scoring next was basically a carbon copy of what they'd just done then. Yeah, um, it, I think you're probably right. It probably was over the line. It was very difficult to see, and I don't think the ref could have made a decision either way. And I think it's it's it's, it's actually an all right save from Watson. I think in the, in the first instance because it kind of just it's from almost point blank range, isn't it, from yeah. the corner? And it's uh, it, as you said, it's it's a very very good a good ball, and it really is. And he, he's done that again when they've scored. And I think that you know the goal itself. I think yeah, you know it's it's just it's it's shite again, isn't it? Really, I think it's, you look promising. You know, you're decent on the ball, but soon as the uh, the opposition get in and around your box you you, you don't you, you know where you are you're sort of mm. lost and and we kind of showed that again we just can't seem to defend and I think I, I tweeted it out yesterday and I said you know we absolutely soft as shite at the back and I think that we, we were and it just got worse um and I think I'd, I don't want to single anybody out but I'm going to single Haunter out again because I think he was a little bit lost there he kind of he, he pushed forward and then when the ball came back in down the channel he was just nowhere to be seen to be quite honest and that's obviously where he should have been but maybe I'm being too harsh but he, he just seems his positional sense is just dreadful but then again he's a midfielder isn't he so yeah. you know why out have we got a right back but anyway but yeah it, d- disappointing after we had a really good start and and I think that you could probably forgive the defence of the first you know initial kind of fumble where Watson managed to save it and you go the line or whatever but you know it, it, if it's a wake up call you use it as a wake up call and you kind of just try and you know up your concentration levels I suppose but it didn't didn't work did it and yeah, as I said a few minutes later we, we were we were back back to 1-1 unfortunately and then it was uh, like jumping off a cliff after that mm-hmm. As the season got to this stage so early that we're desperate for Jordan Clark to be fit I think we do need Jordan Clark. I think if if he's I mean, fit, what does that say? Yeah, exactly. Well, what does that say about us? <laughs> or, or even to be honest, or even Gyro. Let's just have a look at him. You know, oh, yeah. in right back. Let's just have a look. Is he fit? Uh, I don't know. He was, he was only meant bike. to be out for like two or three weeks. I think so. I, I, think I forgot. He played, we the, even had him. He played the city game, him. didn't he? Did he? Yeah. So you need to get him in, Jesus, because Honcho is not up to the job at the minute. And having two very inexperienced fullbacks on the same pitch is a recipe for disaster. Mm. One you can maybe get away uh, get away with, but I think. Well, having said that, Gyro is not massively experienced, but he's probably got a bit more. He's a natural uh, right back. Well, exactly. He's actually a right back, which is what we need, I suppose. And I genuinely forgot he was even at the club. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it's it's like he's fallen through the cracks. So he needs to be back on, doesn't he? I don't know what the hell's going to happen with Clark. I mean, we needed an experienced right back. The start of the season, but instead we bought, well, you know, Jordan Clark who never plays. So it, it's just another mistake by the club, unfortunately. And I, I don't really care about the sentiment to behind behind it. To be honest, uh, I know it was a bit of a terrible situation, but I think that you know what we're going to say when when we've been relegated and we've not had a proper right back all season because we've signed Jordan Clark and he's played sixty minutes of football is. It's just not acceptable, I'm afraid. And I think when you're kind of coming into the the area they're in now, where you know every signing is sort of with the wage cap and things like that, is is potentially critical to the success this season. And then you 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 kind of using sentiment to cloud your decisions on bringing players in. I think that's just not acceptable. And if if you know, and and we we could well be punished for the. the, the minute relatively poor recruitment that we've done in the summer. Um, I say that with a few caveats. I think we've signed some players who would be all right for us, but by and large, we didn't bring any experience in, and I just still can't believe it. And we've got a few days. When does the um, when it's does next the, week? Windows, isn't it? Is it's it? next, next week. week I, I think, think yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to yeah. see some more coming in, even though we've got ten already. Well, it's well, time to hit the panic button now. 
Mm. I know we're going to mention it later, but didn't Swan mute something yesterday that could be a two or three bodies coming in the building? Well, I think he, he basically said it's... I think somebody had asked a question. This was um, when the him and the Grimsby chairman were doing like fan call-ins yesterday. Somebody said something like you know, will there be any more additions based on what we'd seen so far? And he, he basically said something like, oh, I don't think it would be based on what we've seen so far, you know, and and then he was like, oh, I could see why you'd think that, but that's not the case. But it, it, it basically didn't say no, but it was like, not for that reason, you know? So I think I wouldn't be surprised to see another couple in. Uh, but yeah, like you say, Matt, we're, we're at panic territory, aren't we? We're signing soon. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what we get. Well, we uh, but are we not in a position this. though, that any players that do come in, these will be players that Cox wants in. Everybody else that Cox well, is dealing with, like to think Cox so, didn't yeah. bring him in, did he? Mm. Swan brought him in. I think the only was it Taylor's probably the only Taylor's about the only one that Cox you, has brought in. Unless, so, well, unless I mean, it's still this committee that's doing this. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Well, let's look at the goal. Let's look at the goals because there are four of them, and we'll be here forever if we don't get onto at least the first one. Uh, so let's. So it, as we've said, it they they sort of push down, don't they? They're, they're coming down midfield. Nobody's really challenging. It's a bit of a run in. It's like a scuff shot, really, isn't it? Um, and it's. It, I don't think anybody really knows what's going on. There's not a lot of pace on it. It's sort of bobbling about a bit, and then it's it's Matt, isn't it, that gets in and he's he's got away from Bordeaux and he just pokes it in there. And it's one-one. And I think I think Neil Cox said this afterwards. The concerning thing is, and it's like you said earlier on, you know, about the lack of leadership to some extent. But when that went in that there was a noticeable change in the body language you know the the heads dropped it went and it was like we we just we it fell apart from there yeah we just seemed like we buckled and yeah. we thought hang on we haven't got what we're we doing here it's like rabbit in headlights scenario <clears throat> isn't it i think that it's a bit disappointing to see um Matt get three goals, to be quite honest, because I'm, he, he, I mean, he's not particularly much of a finesse forward, is he really? I mean, but having said that, it's, it's what they needed in the game, and he, he basically bullied the defence, and it was, you know, coupled with the fact that they could put a good ball into the box, he, he's got a hat-trick, hasn't he? He's not particularly a great player, but he's, he's, he's done what he needed to do, so I think fair play to him from, from their point of view, but it just shows that kind of, we don't have that option, do we? It's not something that we could bring in, we don't have like an experienced striker, or and experience anything we can bring in to kind of influence a game in any way, unfortunately, at the minute. And I think that is where we're going to struggle. Um, but it's just massively disappointing to concede goals like that, isn't it, really? Because it, although they were kind of, you know, the, relatively well worked, it's still the defensive frailties. It's not like, oh, it's a great team goal or it's a, you know, it's a scream or something like that. We've given them sort of like a helping hand in, in most of the goals just because we're completely inept at the back. And I think that unless we do something about this, it's, it's not going to be. We're not going to do very well this season. But can, can you sign another centre back? No. We've got about five hundred of them. And to be honest, I think we're we? all right with centre back. I think if Anarise comes in from you know the fifteen minutes we saw at, was at Crawley, I think oh. he's strong enough. He's do you want a basis season. No, I don't. But I think he's the one that comes with potential. <laughs> yeah. He's the one yeah, that we I were agree. excited about. Yeah, I would like to see him. He has but, experience. Um, I mean, we, we we're crying out for an experienced centre back. That's what we're well, just a bit of a, a wise head at the back because we're getting we're getting rinsed and we're getting turned inside out at the back and we're not very streetwise and we're struggling massively in this league and and we, we should have known that it was going to be like this and I think that kind of an experienced head at the back would help with that and and it's, it's not going to be Clark because he's not going to play enough games. So are we putting are we putting McGuire in that bracket as an experienced centre <coughs> back when well, he comes back? How old is he, McGuire? Is he about twenty four, twenty five? But that that then that then raises the question, doesn't it? Are, are you counting experience into terms of age or in terms of games played or games well, served yeah both really well my, my guy's not played that many older. games no he's not but i think he i think he must be he's done a fair amount for us i think in some regards um the the second goal let's look at that because that's that is disappointing that's where it's you know you yeah you want some organization really because it is it's from a corner isn't it and it's like a set piece and so far we've been relatively okay at set pieces we've not conceded i don't actually think we've conceded any before that one have we but actually you know it's a nice delivery in same as before and it's just a free header really isn't it it's just takes it quite nicely the header but it's just you know what where's your marking who's who's sorting that out who's saying right you need to stand there you know get on this player let's just win the first ball basically well, that's what I'm saying. Nobody's nobody's taking control, are they? Everyone's thinking you marking. No, you should be marking. Oh no, you marking. Nobody nobody knows what they should be doing in that back four. Yeah, that's what's worrying me. 
this is where you need the experience, isn't it, really? Yeah, and it's, exactly. it's not something we've got. I mean, as you say, Neil, even if it was Rory McArdle, God Do forbid, he would provide that was. experience. I wish we'd signed him. Yeah. He would have helped out. And, and I think that we'd probably be a bit more solid with him, to be honest. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a centre-back, though, does it? I mean, that experience can be centre-mid. You know, you can have a centre-midfielder run everything, basically. We've had it in our team before. Yeah, you can. You can, absolutely. And I think that you're not wrong. I mean, look at Dawson. He didn't, he didn't, yeah. he didn't only run the game. He, he refed the game as well, didn't he? But I think that we don't have that either. And it's, it's not there. And it's, it's nowhere on the pitch. So when somebody turns around looking for a bit of kind of a nudge in the right direction or a bit of guidance, they might as well just look at the floor because there's nobody there. And, and, and yeah, you know, you're going to see it more and more, <clears throat> unfortunately. And I, you know, what is this? I don't know the solution is other than bringing in a couple of experienced experienced players and it's you know I just this is deja vu this is what we talked about most of last season yeah no yeah. midfield general nobody commanding the back four it's the same bloody problem we had last year yeah exactly and, well, I think and if that... we keep having this problem we are going into the National League I'll tell you that right now before yeah. even Christmas we are going to the National League if uh, we're given that then I think actually the next week is, is quite important to see what you know, what what do we do? You know what yeah. we bring in because we I, we can't sit with this. We cannot stay and persist with this. I, I mean, I know it's early in the season, but I think that. But it's still already like was it one win in eight, something like that now? Yeah, it's, <sighs> we're already there, and, and yeah. this is is the point. If once you get into that kind of tailspin it's and the experience isn't there, that you know it's it's very difficult to pull kind of young and experienced players out of out of you know the tailspin and. It, you know, and then it turns into the death spiral, and I think <laughs> <laughs> you had that, last that old word from uh, last last season's podcast. But I think that we we worried about this before the season started. We thought, you know, we need a bit of experience. Surely we're going to bring the experience in. The, the window's still open. We'll do it. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. We haven't. It's still open. But will we do it next week? I think we probably need to now. And and I think that we said didn't we that if if we get into that situation where we're, we're kind of the results aren't going our way heads are dropping a little bit you know managers relatively inexperienced no experienced players throughout the side really you know it's 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 not looking good um and, five, and that's what we need <clears throat> we need the experience we're five games into the season yeah and we're three points above the relegations and where the comments are that's the worrying thing for me one one draw one lost three I think this is critical. We are in danger of, as you say, Matt, we are going to start spiralling sooner or later. Yeah, and I think you could tell that with the body language, couldn't you? It's it's a team that doesn't really know how to get out of it. You know, no. I think, uh, and it, it, that's evident with the goals. And I think let's talk about this little chance actually, because it, it was uh, it was a bold effort, wasn't it? It was them. quality. I mean, it was quality. It was, they were off the line. It was, Watson was off his line. It's not a particular, like a mistake. It wasn't like far out. I think he was just sort of in the middle of his box. Uh, it's on the halfway line. Their player has a little glance up, launches it, lobs him, hits the crossbar. And, you know, but for that, I don't actually know at what point that was in the game. I think it was after the second goal, but it was, that was, um, you know, that could have been three there and it would have been hell of a strike. And it's just, it's like, I, I don't know, you know, we've not got that in our team, have we? Somebody's just have a quick glance, say, oh, he's off his line, I can have this, you know. And I'm not, I'm not saying let's just shoot from wherever, but it's just that little bit of knowledge. You just think, actually, we might have this and the accuracy to, you know, get it there. And it's just that, you know, when you have something like that, that was so close to going in. And if that had gone, I think that would have just completely sunk it. It deserved a better finish. It did, it actually. Deserved, it, deserved it deserved a goal. It was, it was really it was well a hit. Quality... I watched, obviously, I watched, I watched all the goals today on, on YouTube. It deserved a better finish. It was quality. And yeah. as you say, we've got no one who would be in that mentality to think that in our side at the minute. He was there, I thought, behind Joe Matt, who obviously got the hat-trick. I think that Winchester was their, was their best player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you said, I mean, not just for, you know, in terms of that, just, you know, to be able to see an opportunity like that. But I think that he he was their best player because he, he kind of facilitated the way they play because he would recycle the ball a lot and he was always kind of there. And I think um, when I was listening to the commentary and, and watching on iPlayer, uh, iPlayer, um, iFollow, um, I think um, Tom Newey, who is excellent, by the Brilliant. way, um, uh, you know, actually, great insight from you every week. So I quite enjoy listening to him. But um, he's another he, one Matt who shoots from the <laughs> hip as well. He don't he don't pull any punches, Tom Newey. I love he, listening um, to him. Everything he says though is is quite considered. And I think that yeah. he did say that 
the way Forest Green played because they, they kind of had an over, overlapping centre-backs, didn't they, in the kind of vein of Sheffield United, um, which was quite interesting to see it certainly League Two. But I think that Winchester facilitated, facilitated, facilitated. He was kind of always there. If they lost the ball, he'd be there and he would recycle the play so well and, and, and he easily glued him together. And I think his, his passing was pretty pretty solid as well. But he, he's relatively experienced. Head. I think he's probably like, early, like late, late 20s, early 30s, something like that. You know, Kind of League One, League Two journeyman. But he's, he's, this is what I mean. They didn't have to be 35. Like somebody in that mould would, would benefit us greatly and, and you'd see a lot more come out of the younger players. But... I just thought it worth highlighting, but he, yeah. I thought it was excellent. It was excellent look, on Saturday. Well, look at look at like a team collectively. It's like I think the key moment and the key difference really is right at the end. And obviously, skipping forward a little bit here, but right at the end, we had uh, a little like a half break. There was a little bit of break. We had uh, I think Gilead got the ball. There was about three players going up with him. Uh, we didn't really do anything with it as we never do. But mm-hmm. every single one of their players basically were in our box because they were attacking mm-hmm. a corner. I think and to a man they were back in their in their own half within like a second honestly you just saw it it was like all of them you talk about the zebras and the wildlife it was literally a stampede they went back yeah. they were they were all there and you know the second gilead was on that ball all 11 men were behind it like forward lines they were all back and i just thought we would never do that you know and it's like that for me that was the key difference between the two well the, i think forest green are incredibly incredibly well drilled and I think that you have to be to kind of execute that system at this level and I think Mark Cooper's been there a few seasons now hasn't he and I think that he's always liked kind of playing a certain brand of football and I thought we saw that yesterday and it was it was excellent um, but it, it's something that takes time and you know just talking about that counter-attack I believe it was Loft who fell over his own feet that's the reason to go anywhere but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's let's look at their third goal because um, of the four they did score. I think this is the one that was from their point of view probably worked the best. I think you'd be quite happy with that if you'd scored that goal. Um, happy football. Yeah, it's it's nice, isn't it? It's sort of it it gets out to the edge of the box. It's crossed in. Disappointing from our point of view because it does go through about four players. Um, but it is passed around quite nicely. And then yeah, it's Matt again, isn't it? On the the third one on his hat trick. And you know, it's just, he just hits it in basically, doesn't it? It's you know, he's, it's like, it, but it, it's the way that pass opened up like four players. It's a little bit disappointing, but of the four we did concede, this is the one that I think, yeah, a better team is going to score goals like that. You are going to get that in this season, I think. Because at no point did any defender try and close the ball down at all. They just stood there and watched what was going on, thinking, "Bloody hell, this is good football. I'm liking this." Wow, that was a good pass. And then suddenly the ball's in the back of the bloody net. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was well worked. Uh, you know, Matt was in the right place at the right time and he just put it away. It was easy for him. And I think that it just kind of sums up. We just, yeah, we're, we're very, very weak at the back. And I think this is it's going to keep happening. And it's, it's very, very worrying to see. Um, Clueless is the word that springs to mind. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've not sworn it. I? I can't remember. No. But anyway, it's coming. well it will come here because it's this fourth one i think in many ways is i think the worst one from our point of view um it's a it's a really well worked hit don't get me wrong it's a great strike from him but you look at this you look at the way we're positioned on this so this is this is in like extra time isn't it it's like the four minutes added on Uh, it's really late on it's they're already three one up they've obviously got the game they're still pressing uh, it's passed out to the side. This is where Cordner leaves his man to go to cover the ball, which is obviously that's fair enough. You know, he's conceding that. There's also another man on him. I think it's O'Malley. So he drops back ever so slightly because he's seen another man behind him. This is where Badeau should be saying, I've got this guy. Go back to the guy on the edge uh, because he doesn't do that. You know, and then it's passed back to him who had it originally. So he's edge of the box. You've got Cordner, Badeau, McAtee. They're all in that area. And literally they're walking you know there's, there's what they're just walking there's time nobody closes him down three of them there he hits it really nicely it sort of goes in the top corner uh, it's past Watson and it's 4-1 right at the end they'd already won the game they're still going from it but we had just like I mean listen the effort was there I think the effort was there throughout the majority of the game but not at that point no, we we've given up, and I think that you know Forest Green, even though they were relatively they were, they were kind of relatively casual, and I think that they even they sort of given up, and they still managed to score a goal. So, I mean, it, it was uh, it was 
dreadful, wasn't it? Really, it was shite. And I think that you know, Cordner didn't even bother chan- uh, kind of closing it down. He just stood there. And just turned like, his back on him. He, he, he didn't well, even he attempt did, to put he, a tackle yeah, in. Yeah, he well, just exactly. turned his back on him and said, "Go on, <clears throat> pal, have a go." And because it, it, by it, that time, the team were finished. They were dead. Yeah, and, and they were essentially playing for pride at that point, and they, yeah. they couldn't even be asked to do that. So it was no. um, particularly, you know, very frustrating because I think, having said that, you know, I think it four-one was a fair scoreline. We 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 got hammered, and we 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 didn't deserve anything from the game. And I think three-one probably flattered us a little bit. So I think four-one at least made it look like we'd been hammered, which we had been. Well, let's go on to our chances a little bit because, you know, apart from that first 20 minutes, there was the odd moment, wasn't there? And it was only really from Issa. He was only our only real threat. But he, even him, it wasn't really happening, was it? I mean, he'd get into the odd position. There'd be a few runs. But it's just his final touch just wasn't there in the way that it was last season. It's like it, it just went wide or he skied it, you know, and it, <laughs> when he was on his runs which uh, there wasn't particularly many this weekend. It, he never, I never really thought, right, he's got the ball, we're off. This is going to be a goal. No, I think it's, it's probably going to take him a while to get back into his, his drive because obviously he's missed a lot of first... Well, I mean, he's, he's missed the first few games of first-team football, really, hasn't he? He's, he's not started, so I think it's the first time he's... What, is it the first time he's started this season? Oh, I can't yeah, be sure, but it probably be. is. And, and I, I think, think so, that, yeah. yeah, he only had really had one chance, actually. Um, and it's it was... Obviously, in, in the second half, and uh, he kind of broke away, and he managed to get into the box. And he should—I mean, he probably should have scored. To be quite honest, an on-form Issa would have scored, but I think that he, he didn't. <laughs> the keeper made a decent save, and and that was pretty much it. He didn't really do do much. I mean, he tried, but it, it didn't really help, and he didn't really have much support. That he and it just was never really going to happen for him, really. Um, but he, I mean, he did have a relatively decent chance, but unfortunately wasn't really to be but I think that you know other than our goal and that chance did we create anything else I'm, I'm, I can't think of it but do you think part of it also is he wasn't expecting to be here and he's thinking oh shit I've got to play this fucking League 2 shit <laughs> and here I am I've got my first start I'm playing with a bunch of kids who really haven't got a clue well, he's. I think. Listen, I think he's better. He's definitely better than a lot of them, and I think yeah. he probably knows that. But in the way that we were saying about McAtee beforehand, you know, we, as far as we know, there hasn't been any offers. There isn't. You know, there wasn't the interest from other clubs. There's definitely been no bids. So, for now, at least, he's one of our players. And it's like this is this is. If you even if he wants to move away, and this is anybody, even if they want to move away. They're going to have to be on form. Otherwise, mm. no scout's going to be like, yeah, let's go get him. Especially in this time when, you know, teams are tightening the budgets. There isn't the money. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not going to say, oh, let's, you know, he, this guy's sitting on the bench. He's coming on for like five minutes. Let's go get him, you know, because he did something last season. You know, he's got to be proving it. Otherwise, you won't get that move that you want. Well, that's the difference, isn't it? What's in his head? It, yeah. A sensible player will think, I've got my opportunity. I've got to take it now. I've got to show everybody how good I am so I can get away from this club. But he's not, because again, it's a bit like Kev. It depends which player, which Aboisa, is coming out of the of the dressing room before the game starts. But I, I do I do agree with Matt though. I think some of it will probably be fitness, you know, that's that will be part yeah. of it. And and when there's a lack of, you know, creative help in the team, if you like, you know, I think hmm. there's probably a reliance on him, isn't there? Um, let's let's move on then, shall we? So four-one, obviously disappointing. But as we say, Forest Green were probably, well, certainly the best team we've seen so far this season. Um, going forward, though, this is where fixtures get really heavy now, isn't it? Because aren't we basically Saturday, Tuesday, and pretty much until December now? I think, aren't we? It's it's a long time. You know, the game's coming thick and fast. So you know, this is where this is where the big squad might be an advantage, but. You know, I, like you say, we're, we're at a real risk off the back of this one, a 4-1, quite a heavy defeat. You're at a risk of spiralling here. You've got to get something. And is it it's Cambridge next, isn't it? And it's, again, yeah. they're, they're a tricky side. And then I think we've got Cheltenham on Tuesday after that. So it's it's not easy. Indeed, they're, they're coming thick and fast. And they're not easy games. It's, it's not an easy set of fixtures. I think we, no. we obviously for Forest Green, as you said, Cambridge, Cheltenham, I think there's another one in there. I think Salford's in there as well. Yeah. So I think that these are games that, Jesus Christ, we need to turn up or we're not going to get anything from them at all. And, and uh, you know, this this downward spiral could continue because, uh, you know, can you honestly say at the minute, you know, where, where's the next point going to come from, especially with this set of fixtures? And, and if we come out the other side with, with you know, piss all, <laughs> we're going to be looking pretty, pretty, you know, 
pretty stricken, aren't we? And uh, we may even be below Grimsby, and they probably would have even played less games than us. So that's going to be. Well, I'm just well, looking at the fixtures yeah, now. Me too. Tuesday Exeter. at home, Cambridge, <laughs> Cheltenham, Exeter away, Salford oh, at home, Colchester at home. By oh, the Vale as well, who were decent. Yeah. So, God, if we don't get anything from the next five games, well, goodbye. I mean, it's 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 a particularly already it's a it's, it's a tricky spell, isn't it? A fixtures coming it's up. It's brutal. And it's like, yeah, when you are Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, like we are, and it, it does, it continues, doesn't it? You look down and it's like... Well, it is. It's Saturday, Oldham, Tuesday, isn't it? Then to the end of the year. Morecambe, Bolton as well. It's just... Harrogate, Orient, yeah. Southend, Barrow. It's, it, it's frightening. It is. And with, a, with this young side, it's... That is that is a bit uh, that is a bit scary actually. Let's let's just have a look. Well, as we've said already, we've alluded to it. Transfer window shuts pretty soon for us. Um, off of what we've seen so far, the fact that we have got all these games coming up, pretty high standard of opposition as well. Do you think what what do you think we need? I mean, do you think we're going to get players out? Do you think we're going to bring a few more in? Like that's probably a good point to end this one on. Where where do you think we go from now? Well, the, the squad's huge. It needs to be trimmed, and I'm surprised it hasn't been yet. Um, well, you got players uh, like Dales, haven't you? Like... Well, I mean, you know, Dales. Where is he? is he injured? Do we know where? Where you know, where is Dales? Where is? Well, he was on the, wasn't he on the bench early in the first couple of games? Yeah, he, he has been yeah. in the squad. Yeah, I think he has played um, at some point. I mean, well, as you know, Dales. Where, where is Dales? I mean, I know Olamola's injured, but um, you know, Gyro, where is he? Kelsey Mooney, where the hell has he gone? Do you know? What I mean, all these Jordan players, Hull. a lot of these players that we brought in the Dunwall Taran, he's, he's played, you know, not much, and again, he didn't didn't get on the pitch at the weekend either. So the the, the squad's huge. So the, the the room for bringing any more in is is surely got to be kind of you know subsequent towards moving some out. But who goes? I mean. If we make so, a decision on Cole Club and get rid of him <laughs> next week, then that'll free up a, a you know a pretty sizable slice of wages. You'd like to say, but I think that realistically looking at it, and I think that I mean you know without being too dramatic, we're gonna need two or three experienced players to help the the bunch of players that we've got now. And I think that you know one of them needs to be a midfielder. One of them. <laughs> needs to be a goalkeeper we know it's not going to happen but I'm going to say it anyway and then another one somewhere anywhere who cares where a right back a left back whatever it needs to be but we need a bit of experience and, I, and I'm not talking about Gilead experience I, he's played X amount of games I'm talking about somebody who's been around a bit and you know players that kind of know this league that, that they've got you know two three three fifty experience you know kind of games under the belt and, and you know what I mean kind of players we saw played for Forest Green this weekend, and I think that that's what we've got to look at. And but you know, you're in a difficult place because a lot of these players have all will already have have had clubs, and if they don't, they're not going to be match fit, are they? At all. So even if you bring them in, it's going to take two, three weeks to kind of get them integrated into the squad properly, and for them to be playing, you know, sort of ninety minutes. So we're kind of behind, aren't we? And we need we need to make a decision to what we're going to do. We've got about a week left. What do we do? We need to bring some players in and I think that if we don't it's 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 looking pretty grim and well, let me just pick up on that because I've just suddenly realized actually this is the first time the three of us have been on this podcast since we actually did the prediction one which was obviously before I've, the start I've changed my mind yeah this is what I'm thinking let me just we've <laughs> just had we've just had uh, like the first <laughs> five or six games um I think we all went roughly like mid to lower mid do you want to revise that prediction yeah where, like genuinely, where do you think now, from what we've seen, having the benefit of these first month or so of games, seeing the squad as it is, obviously it might change next week, we don't know, but seeing what we've seen, how we're playing, like, I, how concerned are you at this point? Very. If we finish where we are now, which is 19th, bloody hell, we'll have had a good season. Unless we get... Just go back to what we said just very quickly. I know we're talking about um, finishing the season. The problem is, with experienced players, comes a certain salary. It's been made perfectly clear. We ain't going to pay any kind of decent salary. So I don't think we're going to get any quality in. So what we've got is what we've got in the club. We've got to get Maguire back. God forbid we've got to get Jordan Clark back, who we hope can give us at least 20 games. If we don't, we're currently 19th. If we finish above relegation at the minute... 
it'll be a relief and we've had a good season. There's no way, from what I've seen or heard so far, we are going to finish 10th, 11th or 12th. Not at all. Yeah, I think that I originally said 12th. Um, yeah. Um, no way are we going to do that. I was more optimistic at about 14th, but yeah, still. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually agree with you, Neil. I think that if if we finish 19th, then we'll have had a good season. And, and I'd probably say you know, we may well finish 20th by the look of it at the minute. But I mean, this is based on five games, isn't it, really? Could so, turn around. Yeah, of course it could. Of course it could. We, we may well be, be being too negative. But based on what we've seen so far, I think that there's definite cause for concern. And I think that we need to do something about it. But it's based on five games and we've won one, drawn one and lost three. Well, it's, also, it's also on the fact that, think about the season we had when we went down to League Two. You know, there was that complacency around the, that start as well. The fact that it's, oh, it's still early on, you know, it's like people say, no, this is a, you know, this is a team that will go down. Like, no, it's not going to go down, you know, it's fine. And it just keeps going and keeps going. And then, yeah, we, you know, we got relegated. And it, it, that is not something that can happen this time around. Because if, go if we drop to the conference, if we drop to the conference... That's it for us. Good, good night. Turn off the lights because we drop in the conference. We ain't coming straight back. Look how long absolutely it took Grimsby no to come back. Yeah, absolutely no Six way we years, come straight it? back. Exactly. So yeah, it's it, that relegation is just something that you know we cannot. I don't afford. even want to think about it, Brad. Yeah, we don't even want it. to think about it. The only positive to come out of this season so far, at least attendances are not going to drop. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you don't know. You might stop paying for the passes. <laughs> I don't pay for a pass, I just listen to it. Because <laughs> at the minute, I just can't bear to watch the torture. <laughs> I'd rather just listen to it than I can walk away. And I haven't lost any money. But I am seriously, five games in, I'm worried. Mm. But and at least th- I'm not a cudhead. So <laughs> there is that. And I think that's probably a decent place to end on, isn't it? So cheers, Neil. I mean, hopefully next time we'll have some sort of result. This is like when we first started it. You came on and every time you came on, we just we didn't have a win for like about six appearances for you, did we? So what you're saying, that's me now to Easter. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought, can I just say, I never thought I'd be having a right rant so early in the bloody season. <laughs> well, but at are... least Mike Kent's, Mike Kent's going to be happy. So. Yes, yeah, he enjoys it. So yeah. thank you very much, Neil. And Thanks, boys. Cheers, everyone, for listening to this one. And we'll see you next week for the, was it Cambridge next week, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. cheers for listening to this one. We'll see you on the Cambridge episode. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygraniteandmarble.co.uk. Quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.